Father, we thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for your grace and your mercies. We thank you for everything that you've done for us. We thank you for making it possible for us to meet this evening. We ask for your grace and your mercies, even as we are about to study your word. We pray that you grant us wisdom and understanding, that you open our eyes that you may behold wondrous things in your words. And in the end, we'll give you the praise and adoration. We thank you, Lord, for an answered prayer. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Yeah, so God bless you all for making it a point to meet us today. And today we want to continue with our Bible study. Last week, we started perusing the book of Jonah. And we started from chapter 1. And I'm sure we learned a lot of things from are steady and i'm also sure that we've started answering the last question that was asked if you don't know the question you have to refer back to previous episode and then give us your comments so today we want to continue with our study of the book of jonah and um, we will be looking at the chapter two and the chapter two is very intriguing and happens to be my favorite chapter of the book so Let's pick up our Bibles, our notepads and notebooks, and then let's dive straightly into the Word of God. All right, so I'm reading from the book of Jonah, book of Jonah chapter 2. It has has 10 verses. So Jonah chapter 2 verse 1. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cry by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice, for thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sights. Yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottom of the mountains. The earth with her bars were about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came in unto thee in thine holy temple. Did that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy? But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. The last verse. And the Lord speak unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Hallelujah. So this is the King James rendering of the book of Jonah chapter 2. Quickly, I want us to also read from the Message Bible before we start diving into the message. 
So Jonah chapter 2 from the Message Bible says, Then Jonah prayed to his God from the belly of the fish. He prayed, In trouble, deep trouble, I prayed to God. He answered me, From the belly of the grave, I cried, Help, you heard my cry. You threw me into the ocean's depths, into a watery grave, with ocean's waves, ocean breakers crashing over me. I said, I've been thrown away thrown out out of your sight i'll never again lay eyes on your holy temple ocean gripped me by the throat the ancient abyss grabbed me and held me tight my head was all tangled in seaweed at the bottom of the sea where the mountains took root i was as far down as a body can go and the gates were slamming shut behind me forever Yet you pulled me up from the grave alive, O God, my God. When my life was slipping away, I remembered God, and my prayer got through to you. Made it all the way to your holy temple. Those who worship holy gods, God frauds, walk away from their only true love. But I worship you, God, calling out in thanksgiving, and I'll do what I promised I'll do. Salvation belongs to God. Then God spoke to the fish and it vomited up Jonah on the seashore. Amen. Yeah, so the chapter 2 of Jonah is very, very interesting, very intriguing. And the chapter 2 takes a form of, or it is more of written in like a poem. Yes. So some theologians and then some scholars tend to say that, um, especially the so that is the dramatic part of it when Jonah talks about he being in the belly of the fish. Some scholars and theologians say, looking at the nature of the text, it looks like poetry. So it's not actually, or it didn't really happen that a fish swallowed Jonah, but actually um, maybe it was something else, and Jonah was trying to describe his situation after he had been thrown into the sea, like he being swallowed by a fish. Yeah, but at the end of the study, we get to know whether Jonah was what is written in the book is actually true or is more figurative. Yes. So I want us to take it from the top. When we look at the very first verse, it says, Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And then the verse two says, and said, I cry by reason of my affliction unto the Lord. And he heard me out of the belly of hell. I cried, and thou heardst my voice. So the first thing that we can actually glean or learn from the very first verse of the chapter 2 is Jonah praying in his times of trouble. And this is very, very important. It's very essential in our lives. In the chapter 2, that is the first thing that Jonah did after he had been thrown into the sea. And then the chapter 1 said that God had already prepared a fish to swallow Jonah. So once he got into the sea, a fish swallowed Jonah. And then we see in the opening verse of chapter 2 that Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And this is very important because it shows us how we react or how we act as believers or as christians when you go into a trying times or you are going through some 
trials and temptations what is the first thing that you do when you find yourself in such situations and for most of us we have various ways and means we deal with difficult and tough times in our lives and most of the time god is mostly put at the bottom of our call for help list yes so maybe if you are going through a situation you know that as normal humans or if you go you have an emergency you have to call the emergency numbers maybe 911 that's if you are in europe yes so when it comes to us most of us have various ways and people that or things that we tend to look up to when we find ourselves in trouble but this is jonah praying to God and this is trying to teach us or is trying to tell us that the first thing that we are supposed to do as believers or as Christians is that anytime that we go through trials and temptations the first thing or the first person we are supposed to tend to is to look unto God the first thing that we are supposed to do is to call upon God through prayer it's very very important as a believer, that is the first or your first point of call. That anytime you are going through trials and temptation, any difficult times, any trying times, any hard time, the first thing you are supposed to do is not go to your WhatsApp status and then post maybe some sad images or try and type um, what you are going through. Or the first you are supposed to do is some of us will try and call our parents, we'll call our friends, we call our loved ones to share with them what we are going through. And sometimes it's, it's good to let people know about your problems, even though there are also consequences with that. But as a believer, your first point of call when you are going through any situation is to go to God in prayer. And that is the best thing that you can do as a believer, going to God in prayer. It's very, very important because looking at the situation of Jonah, it was almost an impossible situation because he has been thrown into the middle of an ocean, more of like the middle of nowhere. And not only that, he had been swallowed by a whale, even though um, the Old Testament, as the Hebrew said, fish, it didn't really describe the kind of fish, but we get to know in the course of the study um, in the new testament when jesus christ was referring to the fish he talked about or he said jonah was being swallowed by a whale yes and for most of us who are should i say maybe scientifically inclined we know when we talk about a whale we know what we are talking about it's one of the largest um, mammals or is the largest mammal on the planet yeah, i have a um, biologist here so if i'm um, wrong i'm sure he's going to or i stand to be corrected yes it's one of the largest mammals and this is jonah who has been swallowed by this fish or this big whale other translations also you see monster yes and imagine yourself in such a situation i think if you are in the middle of nowhere and you are swallowed by a whale I, I don't even I can't even imagine what you are going to do, but the first thing that came into the mind of Jonah or the first thing that Jonah thought of to do was to go to God in prayer because he knew God was the only person who would be able to save him. At that point it wasn't about his swimming skills if he was a fisherman or his prowess in the sea, but it was about he knowing the person who could save him and then go to him in prayer. And it's very, very important. So as Christians, we are supposed to know and then learn these things. 
at any time you are going through trying and difficult times, the first, you know, the first point of call is to go to God in prayer. I want us to read something from the book of Psalm 31, verse 22. Psalms 31, verse 22. And this is one Psalm of David. So Psalm 31, verse 22. It says, For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardst the voice of my supplication when I cried unto thee. So there is this relationship between God and his children. As believers, we know that God is our Father. And anytime we lift up our voice to cry unto God, the Bible says that God is going to hear our voice. He's going to hear our prayers. He's going to hear our supplications and come to our aid. So it's very, very important that we we try and then learn this principle that anytime you go through a situation, your first point of call should always be God and God alone. God is, shouldn't be at the bottom of the list. That is when you've tried speaking to your friends, you've tried speaking to your family members, tried speaking to other people, your helpers, and then you realize that no one can help you. That is when you realize, oh, then let me try and put this to God in prayer. When you have exhausted your list and you know that um, you are not able to get the kind of help that you wanted, then that is when we turn to God. But looking at what happened to Jonah, he got thrown into the middle of the sea out of nowhere. He had been swallowed by a whale. And the first thing that comes to mind is to call on God in prayer. And we know what happens to him at the end of the chapter. I always want us to read from the book of psalms 40 verse 1 psalms 40 verse 1 this is also david speaking here he says i waited patiently for the lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry i waited patiently for the lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry anytime that we lift up our voices in prayer unto god god is going to answer our prayers we're going to read the book of Psalms 8, verse 2. The Bible talks about God ordaining strength in the mouth of children and sucklings. He says, Out of the mouth of babies and sucklings has thou ordained strength because of our enemies, that we might steal the enemy and then the avenger. So God has pleased certain, or there's some kind of power that God has pleased in our mouths as his children. That anytime we lift up our voices unto him, he's going to hear our voices and come to our rescue. So that is the first principle I want us to learn from the book of Jonah in the second chapter. So I want to um, open the platform and ask if any of us would want to add something to what I've said so far before we move on to the other verses. All right, so the letter I want to say concerning the in chapter 2 it says that out of the belly of hell I cried and you heard my voice I think um, it's quite important that we learn as Christians that no matter where we are in our life or no matter where we find ourselves where 
um, the kind of circumstances we find ourselves in, God is willing to speak to us. In this case, we saw that it was clearly Jonah's fault. He was dead because of his own actions and God was trying to prune him. That's why he brought him there. So whatever affliction he was facing was as a result of his own actions. Yet when he prayed, the Lord listened to him. So we shouldn't um, let anything prevent us. A lot of times when we do things wrong and we are aware of it, coming back to God is quite difficult. We are filled with condemnation and we are filled with so much chaos such that it prevents us from going back to the, the one person who is capable of helping us. So your, um, how do I say it, your sins or the mistakes that you make shouldn't deter you from going to the one who can help you it's god and even your friends or your family if you've um, sinned against your father it shouldn't deter you from going back to him so once you know or you're convicted that you've done something come back to god because god will hear you regardless of whatever you have done he's the one who is who is capable of helping you so know that god's ears are um, open to hear us irrespective of the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Amen. 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 Thank you very much Mama Bene for that wonderful submission. Yeah, um, Alright, so um, as Mama Bene was speaking, she also touched on something very important. Um, when you look at the first and then the second chapter, the first chapter talked about Jonah. Jonah said that or oh, it said, then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. Then the chapter 2 says, or the latter part of the chapter 2 says, Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou hearest my voice. And it's quite interesting because chapter 1 is talking about Jonah praying from the fish's belly. And then chapter 2 is talking about him praying, or Jonah himself saying that he cried from the belly of hell. So um, this is trying to, uh, Jonah was trying to paint a picture here. Um, Jonah ended up in the belly of the fish. And we knew that uh, from normal reasoning, we know that once Jonah ends up in the fish's belly, he's supposed to be dead within some few hours. But from um, the chapter one, we continue, we realize that Jonah ended up living in the fish's belly for three days and three nights. And in the verse 2, he's talking about, um, Jonah is talking about he crying out to God from hell. So Jonah was trying to say that, or Jonah was trying to paint to us that once he had ended up in the belly of the fish, he was already a dead man. And when you look at the meaning of the word, or the hell there, they use the word, the shield, a shield. And... If you are careful learner of the word, you realize that there, there are a lot of words that are used to represent the word hell. We have shield being one of them. There's Gehenna. There's also Hades. Yes, but we don't want to delve into all those. But I just I just want to draw our minds to that fact that Jonah first spoke about he crying to God from the fish's belly. Then he's talking about crying to God from hell. So Jonah in his mind knew that he had already died because there was it was almost an impossible task to go into the belly of the fish and come back alive. And if the scientists around can help me, 
with a wheel being a mama we know that as mamas most of them produce gastric juices that help them to digest the food that they take in so for human beings we know that we have enzymes and there's also even some acid hydrochloric acid in our stomach which helps with the digestion of the food yes so if we can use or we can extrapolate from this understanding that we know that once Juna ends up in the belly of the fish he should die within some few hours because of these mechanisms that are found inside the belly of the fish but strangely enough Juna was able to live in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights and when you continue reading from the verse three Juna was talking about I was explaining how it looked like to be not just in the belly of the fish, but like I was trying to explain how it looked like being dead. Yes. So when you read the verse 3, it says, For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the sea, and the flowers compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottom of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought me up my life from corruption. O Lord, my God. So Jonah was describing how it looked like to be dead figuratively inside the belly of the fish because clearly you could see that this was virtually impossible there was no way Juno was going to come back from the fish's belly alive but Juno didn't look at the circumstance he didn't look at the situation he looked at the God who could save him so Juno was able to lift up that cry and then pray and cry unto God for God to save him even out of the belly of the fish and even out of the pits of hell. So one thing we also learn from Jonah is that Jonah did not give up. He didn't give up because he didn't look at the situation being in the belly of the fish. He didn't look at um, what he described as being in the bottom of the mountains and how the seas and all those things were about him the earth with the bars were around him and even the verse 4 he said i am cast out of thy sight yet i will look again toward your holy temple the king james rendering is not quite clear so when you read the NIV, he said i said i have been banished from your sight yet i will look again toward the holy temple i think it's rather the nlt that is then I said, O oh Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. So Jonah didn't give up, even though he had sinned against God, he had been disobedient, and God had cast him away from his presence. He said he is going to look once again toward the holy temple of God. That is, he's going to cry to God once again. Maybe by chance God will have mercy upon him and indeed we know from the end of the story that God actually had mercy on David so as Mama Benny said that anytime we sin against God that is not the time to go away from God those are the times that you have to get 
closer to God. Those are the times that you have to go boldly to the throne of grace and ask for the mercies of God. It's very, very important that we learn this because as Christians, most of the times when we sin, those are the times that we tend to run away from God because we know in our minds that once we sin, we are... Yeah, we know you've been separated from God. So if you know you've been separated from God, then the right thing to do is to run back to God. Not like um, try and then move away from God. And sometimes we maybe wait for a while, some days or some weeks to think in our minds that we are okay before we move back to God, yes. But the right thing to do is go straight to God, go straight to the throne of grace and then ask for mercies then you can mend that relationship between yourself and God. Yes, I want us to continue. When we read the chapter 7, let's read from the King James. Okay, let me start from chapter 6. It says, I went down to the bottom of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. I want to take the last portion again. It says, I went down to the bottom of the mountain. The earth with the bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption. O Lord my God. And this portion of the book of Jonah is very, very important. And it is, as we learned from our previous um, series, about how to study the Bible, we looked up, we talked about how some portions of the Old Testament are types, some of them are shadows of the things that were yet to come. And this is one of them is very important and it is actually one of the types that Jesus Christ spoke about of himself. So I want us to read from the book of Matthew chapter 12 verse 39. Matthew chapter 12, verse 39. Yes, so this is Jesus Christ speaking. He says, But he answered and said unto them, Okay, let me start from verse 38. Verse 38 says, Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, would we see a sign from thee? But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and they shall and there shall no and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. So this is Jesus Christ speaking and it's very, very important. Jesus Christ was likening himself or was trying to paint that picture of himself to the scribes and he was referring them to what happened to Jonah. That the same way that Jonah was assigned to the people of Nineveh, that was the same way that Jesus Christ had come to be assigned for them. He had come to show them how God actually was so that they could relate to God because in the old, old times or in the Old Testament, the people of 
or the Israelites were not able to relate to God as God wanted them to be. God wanted them to have that relationship with them, that personal relationship. But we saw from the times of Moses that when God had wanted to make them that called out or chosen people, they actually chose Moses to stand in for them. When God actually wanted them to be, or he wanted to speak with them face to face as he had done with Moses. Yes. So Jesus Christ came to show them how God actually was and how God had wanted to relate with them. And Jesus Christ was the sign that God has sent to them. And this was the scribes asking for signs. So the first, first of all, Jesus Christ told them that he had been sent as a sign to them, the same way that Jonah was sent as a sign unto Nineveh. Then the second thing, which is also or is very important, is that Jesus Christ spoke about the deaths or about his death. That the same way that Jonah spent three days and three nights in the belly of the wheel, that is the same way that Jesus Christ or himself was supposed to spend three days and three nights in the belly of hell or in the belly of the grave. And this is one important miracle in our lives as believers because we know that a lot of things happened when Jesus Christ, or from the death of Jesus Christ to him descending into hell and then rising up from the dead, it's has a lot of spiritual connotations on our lives as believers it's one of our bedrocks for our salvation because if jesus christ had gone to hell and had not risen then our faith as believers would be proven to be null and then void but jesus christ was able to go to the grave to defeat satan and death and then he was able to rise up on the third day so god used jonah as a sign god used the life of jonah as a type to show or to preach to the people about himself about jesus christ about the coming of messiah that the same way that jonah has spent three days and three nights in the belly of the hill because literally speaking jonah was actually dead in the belly of the hill there's no way you can survive in the belly of a whale for three days and three nights and even speaking scientifically if let's say the mechanisms that we spoke of were not in place there's no acid and there's no um, maybe enzymes or anything to kill jonah it will be very difficult for jonah to stay three days and three nights inside the belly of the fish where there will be reduced amount of oxygen there's no food to eat and like the conditions there are not favorable for a human being to live in there and this was a huge miracle that god did and god was using it to, as a type or as a shadow to show the people of israel and even the whole world that the same way he was able to keep jonah alive in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights that is the same way that it is going to um, keep the son of man in the belly of hell and then rise him up on the third day when you read the verse 7 i want to point out something that is also spoken of in hebrews jonah chapter 2 verse 7 okay the verse 6 it says yet has thou brought up my life from corruption O lord my god also, when you read from the book of Hebrews, it talks about, or oh, this was one of the prophecies that David spoke about, that God would not leave 
or you will not allow corruption to happen to the son of man yes so psalm 16 verse 10 it says for thou would not leave my soul in hell neither will thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption so this was um david speaking or this was david or david was normally maybe recording his sounds but little did he know that he was talking about his prophecy and this prophecy is recorded in the book of acts chapter 2 verse 27 it says because thou will not leave my soul in hell neither will thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption so this is showing us the similitude or how similar the life of jonah was to that of jesus christ or how jonah was a type of the one who was to come that the same way that jonah said that god would not allow his soul to see corruption that was the same way god did not allow the messiah to see corruption in the grave and this is important to us and one thing i want us to learn is that as believers there is no situation that is beyond the salvation of the lord no matter how dead it may look like or how dead it might seem in the eyes of men it might not or it will look impossible but with god we know that nothing shall be impossible even with that of lazarus bible said that lazarus had been in the grave for four days but jesus christ was able to cry unto god and lazarus came back from the dead so this is trying to teach us one important principle that no matter where you have been in life no matter where you have gone to no matter what you have done no matter how the situation looks like it is not about how you think about the situation but we should always approach situations our trials and temptations with how god is able to save us from these temptations so i want to open the floor once again and ask if we have anything you want to add on before we end our session for tonight okay um hello so um i'd like to go before baba so um i think that um, when i was reading the chapter two what i found quite interesting was the fact that um the past tense was used in that the first verse um said that like Jonah prayed to God in the fish belly but when you look at the theme of um, his prayer it was as though like God has already done it and he's talking about it or maybe when he went or when he was finally out of the belly and then he was talking about it that um maybe he he talked about the, the part that i was cast versus versus it was like i went to the bottom i went down to the bottom of the mountains the earth the earth with her bars was about me yet god has brought my life from corruption and then um it, it just shows how um he had so much assurance in God. Or oh, I don't know when the prayer was recorded, whether it was recorded, um, as the Bible says, was recorded or he prayed this prayer whilst in the fish belly. But it just shows um, a certain deep assurance. Perhaps maybe he wrote the prayer at the time where he really felt or he was assured of God's answer or that God has answered his prayer because and at his where he was most of us and um, most people would have just prayed and then 
it's either we are begging God or we are um, blaming God or we are pitying ourselves because and, and let me and the next part is the theme of his prayer or the whole content of his prayer it just shows so much faith in God because as um, the normal Christian or the average Christian in our day will either pray a prayer of condemnation because one he was at fault or he'll pray a prayer of pity because he was in a very low place he was afflicted or he was in his lowest low in the middle of nowhere inside a fish belly so it could it look like a hopeless situation and the other Christian will perhaps start blaming God that God after all that I've served you just this one sin that I've committed and see where you have brought me so when you look at the theme, it doesn't really depict these three things that I've mentioned: the prayer of condemnation, or having pity of you, and, and having pity, or even blaming God. And even when he talked about his afflictions or the the low state that he's in, each particular, let's say, phrase or I, I grouped it into three. Each particular time that he um, um, he talks about his low mood or the low aspect of his condition, he will just talk about it, verse 4. So after verse 3, after he has talked about the fact that God has cast him into the deep of the deep, he rises up in verse 4 and he says, Then I said, I am cast out of your sight. And he said, Yes, I will look upon thy holy temple. So it's a prayer of like assurance, a prayer of faith that irrespective of where I am now, I'll still look at God. In the verse 6, it says that I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought my life out of corruption, O Lord my God. And so God has brought him down. He's at the lowest part of his life. Yet he sees a glimpse of hope that God has brought him out of. That's why I'm still I'm still contemplating where or at what point in his life or at what point in the belly's fish did he say that? And perhaps he prayed a lot of prayers because this is just a phrase. And I think maybe this is the summary of his prayers because three days and three nights praying, I don't think these were just what he said. Uh-huh. Perhaps maybe this is the summary, but then just shows the amount of faith and the amount of assurance that he had, whether before, um, during the prayer or after the prayer. And it just shows us that like, in as much as we are talking and the fact that irrespective of where you are, you should come to the point of assurance in God that no matter where you've gone in life or no matter where you are in life, there's still hope for you. God has a plan for you. And you have to convince yourself or you have to come to that particular conviction because it's um, it, perhaps it's through the prayer or through the process that God was um, taking him through that he was still able to have hope that no matter where I have gone or no matter how low I am now, there's still hope for me. So yet I'll still look back to God. Yet I'll still, um, yes, God has saved me or yet God has brought me out. So even before coming out of the situation that he was in, he had the assurance that God, or he prayed thanking God, or he prayed confirming that God has brought him out. And I think this is perhaps one of the most beautiful prayers I've heard someone who is at his lowest low pray, because it's just so beautiful to see the assurance that he has in God, the faith he's proclaiming, that even though he's at his lowest point, like, 
he is still looking to God or God has brought him out. So he's declaring deliverance even before he has seen it. He's declaring hope. He's declaring salvation even before he has seen it. And I think this is very beautiful. And as perhaps God, where God wants us to be or where God wants to take us. And one thing that keeps running in my mind is that this was a guy who was at fault. So it doesn't matter whether you were, you are whatever. Sometimes we may have hope when we think that, oh, this one is not my fault. It's like people are trying to um, impersonate me. People are trying to bring me down. So God help me, God help me. But you you sort of go down when you know that is your fault because all your vain for prayer that God destroy my enemies goes down because now you are called. Now you are pro- pointing like fingers at yourself. So no matter where you are, I think that Job teaches us that like we should and it teaches us um, how we should, you know, approach prayer. So prayer is not the place where you just have pity. Prayer is not the place for pity parting. Prayer is not the place for blaming God. Prayer is the place for you to express your assurance in God, express your faith in God. That's irrespective of and wherever you are. And I think that, I, I mean, God had to bring him out because he had proclaimed his salvation or he had proclaimed that God has delivered him. So it was quite, I mean, it was like expected that God would bring him out. Not that we can, I mean, predict God, but then it's just so beautiful for me. And the last thing that um, I want to say about Jonah and this prayer was um, the thing that's like, what happens when God wants us to do something and we don't want to do it? So let's say what happens in the life of a believer when they say God tells you to do something like you are not willing to do it. And, and in Job's, sorry, or in Jonah's case, I guess, maybe what I would call the pruning, that God can take you through certain situations so that at the end of it, you will end up knowing God's will for you or you end up seeing how wrong you are and then coming back to God. Uh-huh. So sometimes you may be in certain situations because God is trying to teach you something. There may be afflictions that you are going to, that God wants you to see something. God wants you to appreciate something that you have closed your eyes to or you have become ignorant about. So in this situation, I would say that perhaps God wanted to teach him that um, even though this is not the whole story and then maybe what God wants to teach him is not very clear here but then I mean the long run we realize that God wanted to show him something so whatever situation that you are in life sometimes it's not because God wants you to suffer or God wants you to just be affected there's a particular thing that he wants to make known to you a pruning somewhere that he wants you to go to so at the end of it you see at the end of it and um, the verse 9 he just says that but i will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving i will pay that i have owed beautifully i'm just enjoying this so much because it just I, I just love the faith that he portrays even though he's at the lowest point because i find that to be very rare especially among christians whenever we are in a difficult situation what we are prone to do is just complain is to just blame god and just to do whatever we want but then we see this job after going through whatever god wanted him to go he just comes out and just praises god and that's one thing i really admire just giving praise to God. He said, I'll sacrifice the voice of thanksgiving. The last thing I will say 
is that he said that I will pay that I have vowed. I will pay that I have vowed. And I think that a lot of us Christians, we always um, proclaim vows to God, that God, I will serve you the rest of my life. God, I will obey you. God, I will, I will give you my life. I will win souls for you. God, I will do this. I will read my Bible. There are a lot of times, especially when we go to church and then there's ministration, we are praying and we are all on the spiritual high. We make so many promises to God. There are lots of us don't pay our vows to God or whatever we promise God, we don't pay. So after whatever um, God, um, after the pruning or after the affliction of Jonah, he came back. Yeah, so um, Bene, thank you for that wonderful submission. And uh, Bene said the prayer was a beautiful prayer. Yes, and we've learned a lot of things. And one thing she also spoke about was that um, Jonah being in the belly of the fish was God trying to show him something. <laughs> or in other words, God was trying to prune him. Or God was trying to put Jonah on the right path. And this is very typical of God. That when we also read the book of Hebrews, it talks about how as a father, a father is supposed to chastise his children. And it goes on to say that if you are not chastised by your father, then you are not actually a child of your father. Because if indeed you are a child of your father, then your father is going to chastise you. And when you read here yeah, from Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8, it talks about Jesus Christ. And he said that Jesus Christ learned obedience by the many things that he suffered, even though he was a son. Or the right wording, he says, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. So Jesus Christ, when he came on this earth, he suffered a lot of things. He came to know of how hunger felt like. He came to know of how fasting was like, how it is to lose loved ones, how it is like to go through pain, how even eventually the pain of death is like how rejection feels like and that was for well, all these virtues coming to play to make him qualify to be our high priest because bible says we don't have a high priest who cannot be touched with our infirmities so these things qualify jesus christ to be our high priest and in the same way there are going to be times that god is going to try us so that we can be qualified to be that holy nation and that priesthood that God wants us to be, that royal priesthood that he has called us to be. So looking at the story of Job, I'm very sure that um, God had not planned to kill Job with him preparing that fish or hill to swallow him. But God was using that to just try Job and look at what he was going to do. And I'm very sure that if Job had gone into the belly of the fish and he had not prayed, Job was actually going to die or he would have died in the belly of the fish but job knew that if only he could lift up his voice onto his maker he was going to have life so he expressed this in the verse 8 before we end i want us to look at the concluding verses the verse 8 says they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercies when you read from the nlt it says those that worship false god turn their backs on the mess on all god's mercies so jonah was trying to explain to us 
that anyone who rejects God or anyone who turns to other gods or other smaller gods is rejecting the message of God because he had come to know how it is like. He had been in the belly of the wheel for three days and three nights and he had been saved. So he was trying to say that God is actually merciful and anyone who does not serve him is missing a lot. Even the message says that the message talks about those who serve other gods or other idols um, as opposed to or they have walked away from their true love. Yeah, so this is the message rendition. It says, those who worship holy gods and god frauds walk away from their only true love. Not just true love, but their only true love. So that means on this earth, you have only one true love. Your true love is not your boo or your bee or your baby or whoever you call that person. But your true love is actually God. And anytime you look at other goals, anytime you seek other goals, you're actually running away from your only true love and the God who will be able to show you mercies in your times of troubles. And the mercies are not only for us when we are going through difficult times and situations. I'm sure one time we will look at or we'll take the word mercy and also peruse it to look at what it actually means. But in this case, um, Jonah was just trying to speak to us about how the message of God has saved him from the belly of the fish because he was able to cry out. So my dear brother and sister, no situation is beyond salvation. The mercies of God are sure. The Bible says that they are new every morning. And anytime we call upon God, he is going to hear our voice and rescue us. So sometimes in our lives, we, we would think that maybe as Christians, we do not have other gods or we don't have the hollow gods and the God for us as the message Bible was speaking about. Sometimes we will be living in oblivion of these things. But when you look or you take a very good um, retrospect of your life, you realize that maybe there might be a God somewhere that you've not realized. For instance, money in your life can be a God to you and you never realize it. Such that your whole life is going to be about your search for money, how to become financially wealthy and the whole lot. I'm not trying to say that is bad, but and Jesus Christ spoke about it in the Gospels about how money is actually a God or the God of moment. And it can become a God or an idol in your life so that money becomes or you become a puppet to money and money controls every aspect of your life, even though you might be a Christian or maybe for you the god in your life might be social media so everything about your life is about social media how to get likes how to get followers how to get some flimsy stuff that are not quote unquote important in this life and these things can become the cause of your life and jonah is trying to say that anytime you are turning to idols in your life you are losing track of the mercies of god that is why when we go through these trying times, God is always at the bottom of our list. But anytime we put God at first, or anytime God is on top of our list, if we turn to Him in prayer, He is definitely going to rescue us. I want us to end with these two verses. Many um, spoke briefly about it, the verse 9 and the verse 10. When Jonah talked about saying that but i will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving i will pay that i have vowed salvation is of the lord and 
I think we learned this, or I know we learned this. It was part of our prayer points for the year that we should be chronic thanksgivers. And I'm sure this is part of the reasons why God allowed Jonah to survive these perilous times. Well, the verse 10 says, And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. We should become chronic thanksgivers. And thanksgiving should be a part, it should be ingrained in our lives. Because we know from the scripture, it was immediately after Jonah spoken about him giving thanks unto God. That was when God allowed the fish to vomit Jonah onto the dry land. So as believers, we don't have to see the miracle. We don't have to see the prosperity. You don't have to see that baby you are looking for. You don't have to see that promotion. You don't have to see that certificate. You don't have to see anything that you are searching for. You don't have to see it before you thank God. But once you lift up that thanksgiving prayer unto God, or it gives that level of assurance that you know that God is going to bring to pass what he has said. It's very, very important that we should be chronic thanksgivers. At times it may look like, or it makes you look like a fool because the thing is not there. You cannot see it. We are waiting for maybe that visa and in your prayers, you are like, God, I thank you for this visa. I thank you for this promotion. I thank you for this PhD and the whole lot. You can't see the thing, but once you are able to give thanks to God, it actually propels God to bring that thing or makes God bring that thing to pass. And it's very, very important that we become chronic thanksgivers. And we know the verse 10 years, as I read, God actually um, spoke to the fish and, and the fish vomited Jonah to the dry land. And I just want to encourage us that there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. If you are able to trust God, if you are able to cry unto Him in our times of prayer, in our times of troubles and hardship, if you are able to thank Him and become chronic thanksgivers, God is actually going to make us see the light of the day. All right. So I just want us to spend some time in prayer. And I want us to reflect on what you've just studied. I want you to pray to God and ask God that God should grant you that ability to make Him the premier priority of our lives. That as it is said that some people trust in horses, some trust in chariots, some even trust in swords, some trust in their gods, some trust in their idols, but we trust in the name of the Lord. That God should grant us that grace to make him the number one in our lives. That anytime you go through situations, you go through trials, you go through temptations, it's going to be the first point of call that we go to. Because we want to ask God that God should make you that chronic thanksgiver, that you would thank him one year before you see what you prayed for, 10 years before you see what you prayed for, 20 years, 30 years, you want to thank God. You want to thank Him that your generation is blessed. You want to thank Him that your offspring are mighty upon the face of the earth. You want to thank Him that everything is well with you. It says all things work together for good, for them that love the Lord and who are called according to His purpose. 
want to pray that God will grant us that memory. The Hebrews said that God grant us that principle within us of jealous godly fear. I want to pray that God will grant us that heart that at all times we will thank Him. We will not look at our situations and predict. If Jonah had done that, his life would have ended in the belly of the fish. I want to ask God that God grant me that grace to always thank you that I don't predict my predicaments by how it looks like, but I predict it by your word. I predict it by your faithfulness. I predict it by your mercies. So Father, we thank you for such a wonderful time in your world. We thank you for opening our eyes. We pray that even as we continue to study your word, ask that enlighten our eyes with your lights of understanding. Grant us the spirit of wisdom as well. We pray that grant us that heart of thanksgiving. Let thanksgiving always be upon our lips. Be the priorities in our lives that we may call upon you anytime we go through our trials and temptation. Just as Jesus Christ taught his disciples, he said that we should pray that we not fall into temptation. Pray that Lord deliver us from temptations, even though we know that sufficient for the day is the evil thereof. We pray that Lord deliver us from temptations and grant us to serve you in your fullness of life. We thank you for answering prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So God bless you so much for staying with us to the end of the podcast. And we are praying that you continue to listen to us and also invite your friends, your families, your loved ones, your booze and your bees to continue listening to us. And as we bring to you messages from the household of our Father. And as usual, remember to give God your best and owe no man nothing but love. God bless you all. See you next week. Bye-bye. If not for